what is going on guys Deontay here from the house of wolves podcast here with my friends Jalen and Josh again uh, another episode another week end that we got some stuff to talk about hopefully we gonna try to bring you a interesting episode today um, a few things I wanted to talk about was destiny 2's beyond light that's probably gonna be a heavy focus because I've been playing the crap out that game lately uh, then we're going to talk about, you know, basically how the PlayStation 5 been outperforming the Xbox Series X, which is very strange, um, as well as uh, anything else we kind of want to talk about. I do uh, <laughs> speak to the, the Nate Robinson knockout that we all witnessed uh, yesterday, which was pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, I ain't got much else to talk about outside of that. Unless they want to talk about something, we'll, we'll go from there. Um, but before we move into the topics and discussions, again, these are always going to be on my YouTube channel now. We we do upload every two weeks to this, so you'll receive this every Monday um, and then every second consecutive Monday after. From this upload, you'll probably see something up for me and this podcast. Again, this is the House of Wolves podcast. Um, but yeah, I want to first speak to Jalen. How's the, how's, how was your Thanksgiving? Any updates? Anything you want to tell the people? Shoot. I don't even remember what I said last time. My Thanksgiving was pretty smooth. Um, um, I saw you playing Uno. (laughs) I, I busted my granddad head. He ain't like that. (laughs) He threw a wild card out. I was like, man, what did you do? <laughs> yeah, that was my last card. Um, no, I just came back from uh, visiting my fam- family in uh, Atlanta or whatever, so that's pretty smooth. Um, so I'm just here now about to start my the second half of my trimester. I went dumb with my exams. That's good. God's will, so. <laughs> yeah. Come back to zero. Yeah. That's good to hear. Good to hear. Definitely. Sooner or later, you're gonna have some more time for video games at some point. But yeah. uh, you keep keep focused, keep strong, and we'll see you after. Uh, what What about you, Josh? How you been? Um, pretty good. I got finals coming up soon, so for Thanksgiving, I just trying to catch up on games, so because I ain't gonna have no time to play anything. And Cyberpunk come out finals week so i'm definitely gonna put that. <laughs> oh that's some trash right there g already bought it <laughs> yeah but otherwise good you know just trying to enjoy enjoy time off obviously it's different because everybody didn't get to travel like maybe they wanted to right um but you know still got stuff to be thankful for yeah yeah i definitely wanted to uh go see the fam but had to uh, cancel that out um unfortunately they on the lockdown so uh yeah but it's been cool it's been cool same thing for me i just stayed at home with the wife had some chill you know we we, we cooked um cleaned it was it was very simple cooked clean it was done it was um we made a lot of a lot of portions so we still got some leftovers and been snacking on that all week or at least for the last few days because it ain't been a week yet but it's um yeah it's, it was just chill we um, had a, a good time but, um, what was the first thing I wanted to talk about? I don't know. Which one, which one should we start with? 
here. I start with Nate Robinson getting knocked out because I just it's just so fresh on my brain right at this point. I just keep seeing the fall. The first fall where he where he felt as if he 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 really messed up and he's like at that point he understood that he shouldn't have been there. And then the second time he fell was just that was that was when he took some of that NyQuil as Ha Ha Davis said and just went to sleep. <laughs> Man. Did you did you see the the knockout or like any of that stuff, Josh? I'm pretty sure you did or something. No, I mean I, I saw like people talking about it but I didn't watch any of the fight. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Well, Man, the... you should have watched it, dude. <laughs> you should have watched him. He he like hit the springboard and then bounced again. And he he landed face. It wasn't like he had his hands up or hands down where he could like stop the fall. It was all just face hitting the thing and his his head bounced twice. <laughs> and I I'm not trying to make fun of it, but I was like, bro, you had no business being there and they was talking about who trained this man all this stuff but yeah the memes were crazy last night that was bigger than the whole mike tyson versus roy jones that was a <laughs> that was a dud to me really that was a dud ain't, ain't nobody get declared the winner it was a draw uh i didn't i didn't obviously i didn't watch the fights but i did you know react with the internet because i just thought it was hilarious that youtuber knocked out nate robinson but nate robinson is a basketball player so he's people were talking about he thought he got he got to get the glizzy <laughs> he gotta go do something to this man he said he gotta play a one-on-one in basketball after this i was like man listen ain't nothing gonna take that ain't gonna ain't gonna take that embarrassment away from this man at this point it's just he gotta deal with that what you think <laughs> Man, I I watched both of the fights. Um, so yeah, that that Nate Robinson, it was crazy because I remember seeing like the stuff on like Instagram and social media. There's just like Nate Robinson, but I ain't like because it, it was it had him fighting that that Jake dude. And I ain't, I ain't know what it was. I was just you know trying to see what this talking about the uh, Mike Tyson versus uh, Jones Junior. Yeah. Yeah, I ain't put it together that it was Nate Robinson that was an NBA. I'm like, man, this dude got the same name as Nate Robinson. But like, you know, I'm just seeing the names, and I'm like, after he got knocked out and stuff, the dude was like, some, some, some. He said, like, three-time dunk champion Nate Robinson. I mean, you know, he said something. I'm like, maybe he getting a Nate Robinson's confused. So I had asked somebody I was watching who I was like, I'm like, wait, come on, Nate Robinson the NBA? is like, yeah, the one that was in the NBA, that's him. I'm like, man, you telling me he getting slapped like that? I'm like, man, that boy, he went to he went to sleep, man. I was just like, he was just running up, dude, like some little movies, you know, with the little henchmen be fighting and stuff, and <laughs> they just run up and get knocked out real quick. Like he literally ran up that second time, and it was just like, boom, and he just Bro. hit the ground, man. I just, <laughs> Bro. I, I, that boy was sleep. I'm like, man. I ain't never seen a man get slapped that fast. I like that. Boy man. was boy was he got crunched. It was just like <laughs> it, was, it was it he folded something crazy, dude. I was just like, Well, 
that ain't helping. That ain't helping at all. But uh, and then it was put up his tweets. He was like, "This is for this is for the basketball player of my family, <laughs> bro." And then they said, "I think I think uh, Nate said something to like reply to." Uh, he replied to like Steph Curry, and he was like. I'm gonna shock the world, bro. And then Steph replied, "No lies told." <laughs> I was crying, dude. I was like, "Man, this man is getting embarrassed on all fronts." It's nah. the, the basketball people and the internet. You know, the internet is just crazy, but it yeah, I'm bold, man. The memes. I, were... I, I felt bad for him. <laughs> yeah, the memes was crazy, G. Yeah, I mean that's funny. I didn't watch it because um. I wasn't really following it, but I guess it's it's more non non fighters fighting, and mm-hmm. I guess I don't know. A lot of them like you might be able to fight, but they don't understand everything that go on to like fighting. Like yeah. getting knocked out is not like physical strength. It's it's kind of like one you already gotta get knocked out a couple times before you get used to that feeling. Because I'm pretty sure once he got hit. Like you said, because he, did he go down twice or something? He went down one yeah. time, yeah. And he was, like, sitting there, and he was thinking, like, he was thinking hard on his life choices. But yeah, got like, up, after that first time, yeah. he kind of needed, he was trying to catch his breath. He was probably already had been knocked out, technically, <laughs> and tried to get back up and trying to fight. Yeah, that second time, he, uh, I don't remember exactly how many times he got knocked out, because them highlights may look like he is slipping on banana pills, or he spent more time on the ground than he was fighting. <laughs> But anywho, um, that second time it looked like he got hit in his temple or whatever, so that's gonna that's gonna mess him up. So yeah, he he went to sleep after that one. I don't know what type of night quill where concrete was in them some gloves like Ha Ha David said, man. But the internet had a field day. Oh my god, I'm they like, had the biggest ball on that one, dude. They were talking about race relations not being helped by this. They were talking about how it just. It was so much that they were just talking about, and I was just crying, bro. I mean, it's all at the expense of Nate Robinson, but he, I guess he, I mean, I can't really feel bad he signed up for it, but to be not, not to be as, um, as well as, uh, I mean, because it's a professional sport, and people really don't understand how boxing, you can really just die in the ring, you really can, um, you can get killed. I think somebody got killed this year boxing. Um, yeah, I didn't know the guy, but somebody I work with did. And, uh, well, I don't know if it happened more than once, but, yeah, he was with boxing in New York, I think. And, um, you know, he just got hit one bad time and didn't get back up. And, like, it's, it's nothing you can do about that other than, like, you know, checking in with the ref and having yeah. them stop it when it's necessary. But people – Sometimes we're like, they can keep going. And, yeah, man. It's just, I'm glad he's still okay. I'm glad everything's cool. But now he got to get them mean drugs for the rest of his life. It's just, he got to get yeah, those. That boy, that boy is um, on that ground. Jake, Jake Paul, man. Jake Paul knocked him out, man. But, I mean, the reason I feel bad for Nate Robinson, though, is because, like, I mean, it ain't funny. Don't get me wrong. It was just that, from what I, I ain't do a whole, like, a lot of research and stuff like that, but he seemed like he was humble about it and had like high spirits. So like, you know, for him to just get like aired out like that, it just got <laughs> like 
it's funny, but at the same time, like, I, I want to laugh with him. I don't want to laugh at him because he is – I mean, for him to go from the NBA to, you know what I'm saying, to doing this, like, you know, at age – well, I think he's like 36 now. Yeah, but, I want to hear his statement. I want to hear what he said, yeah. what he say about it, and, like, how, if he's – if he's more so just I'm ready to get back in there and train and do better next time, like see what I did wrong, or if he's like, you know, if, if he come out like Ha Ha Davis, they say he had concrete in his hands or something like that. I'm like, man, <laughs> if he say something off the wall, like, like I, I man, thought I did a good job, a he snuck me or he did some cheating stuff, I'm gonna be like, bro, humble yourself, you just got knocked out. But if he yeah. just come out with the, you know, the perspective of, yeah, I'm going to need to retrain. I need to be able to get better at this. I enjoy my time in this. It's just that I wasn't prepared and I need to, you know, prepare more for the next fight or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm work okay with that. And I'm, I'm still going to laugh, but I respect it more because, again, you, you probably, he probably wasn't aware of how much, you know, goes into the training of a boxer or how much it, like, really... Because it, it makes it seem easy. you just throwing punches and people can do it all the time. But a professional boxer is just in a class of its own versus a regular person just fighting on the street. So that's why they're lethal. With the, That's why their hands are considered lethal weapons. It just doesn't make sense to just jump into that thinking it's going to be easy. But I understand Jake Paul not seeming as the type of person that could get that off but anybody with a with two anybody with fists and arms can get that off really if they're if they're trained well enough it's not like you have to have some genetic pool to be able to do this you can really just knock somebody out anybody can do it so it's just training and proper training so i feel like jake was just more prepared for the fight this time around and uh obviously this being his first fight he probably wasn't aware of the intensity he probably was had some anxiety maybe he was more so just nervous i don't know whatever it was didn't look good when he came out to the um performance there yeah that boy came out that second fight boy got clapped clapped with all the the fierceness in the world man he got clapped no, yeah, he put like, a man. couple million. I'm like, man. Like, they only got like 600 per. I think that was the purse. But I think they get money off of the like pay-per-view payment or like how much they made off the pay-per-view. But they only got $600 a piece. To get knocked out for $600, $600 dude. That's a tough one. Yeah, but he's going to get... They said that's the only thing they can disclose, but they probably had other things that they were accompanied with. Like how much they tickets they sold or how much they, you know, earned from the pay-per-view that they're getting included in that because Mike Tyson and um, Roy Jones only got a million a piece. Um, and then they only got 600 a piece. And then the cards under them got like 167,000. So I'm assuming they get some type of back end to cover the rest of that. Or I don't know. I would assume so though. 600 going to hospital bills. I guess yeah, that's going straight to the hospital bills. <laughs> Boy, you gotta get stitched up. You gotta clap, man. I don't think he, but I don't think he, I don't think he, um, made. Did he make him bleed? I don't remember. I think he just got really bruised badly. I don't remember if he opened like he 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 hit us. Uh, I think he hit him right in his jaw, but I don't remember. Like, all I remember is the the fall and them taking steals of him, <laughs> almost hitting the pavement, <laughs> and, it, and the, the whole man. It was just internet is hilarious, dude. They they will immediately get to joking on you and they it's some funny people on the internet randoms just making memes. Funniest. 
But uh, funniest people on there, man. Yeah, man. They, yeah, they had that boy. Shouts out they, to they, uh, Nate Robinson, Jake Paul, for the uh, for the high entertainment last night. That was a very entertaining situation, even though I didn't pay for it. It was very entertaining to see. Um, I, I would assume the people that actually paid definitely got their money's worth. Now, with the Roy Jones and Mike Tyson, it's like they were just hugging a lot. They were just holding each other. Well, at least Roy Jones was hug, holding Mike Tyson a lot. And it feel like it was just, nah, it, it wasn't a move. But, I mean, some people really enjoyed it. I thought it was slow. And, obviously, they're slower, you know, because they're older. They don't have as much wind and stamina as they used to. So, I'm assuming that it was going to be a slower pace, you know, bout. And it was. Um... And Mike Tyson couldn't knock him out because essentially Roy Jones was uh, just ready to, you know, hold and grab the entire time. So it wasn't that interesting of a fight. Um, but Man, I think boxing. Mike Tyson, yeah, that's real. That's that's boxing. But this is a it's like um, it's like the excitement in boxing. And then there's a, there's that type of boxing. That's like technical and like being more um, strategic. Strategic, yeah. Roy Jones was strategic, I guess, in that point. He just was grabbing him and uh, stopping him from, you know, pulling in those final blows. And that's why I... Yeah, he ain't getting knocked out. Yeah, he ain't getting knocked <laughs> yeah. out. Maybe Mate Robinson should have did that. But when they, when you see, the, when you see the, the, the ticket before that, when they were just throwing straight hands, but, I mean, obviously, we got the results of throwing straight hands. You <laughs> Sometimes yeah. you want to protect your jugular. But then you go into the, that fight, and it's, like, less exciting, or at least looks less exciting because of that. That's where you start to, you know, there's a difference between professionals and amateurs, and that's what you probably would see. It's like, and you're, you're watching an amateur fight online. You probably can you probably can see more action in that one versus a professional fight. Because most of the time, they're waiting for an opening, and once they get that opening, you really only see the knockout. And the juggler, yeah. you're not really impressed by a, a landed jab. You're impressed by the, the you know, the sensation of someone getting, you know, caught with an uppercut, caught with a left hook and getting, you know, fumbling, something like that. So, that's why. So, which do y'all prefer in sports in general? I mean, my bad. In sports in general, a blowout or a close match? Not counting ties, obviously. Close uh... match. I think a close match is better. Yeah, I don't think a blowout would be fun to watch. Um, but unless it's fighting, somebody getting laid out. Yeah, if it's fighting, yeah. like I think fighting is a different type of category. I think, like if you're watching a basketball game and it's like 102 to 74, you probably already know who won, so you're not really gonna pay attention. But if it's like 98, 97, and you like, oh shoot, this one can go either way, and it's like four minutes left on the clock. And that's more exciting to watch. But yeah. if you're watching a fight and you can see that this guy, this man got him on the ropes and he almost about to go, you're just anticipating the go at that point. You're not anticipating the – you're anticipating the final blow more than you're anticipating the guy coming back and actually winning. But you that can still happen. That's what makes, I guess, boxing a little bit more different because you, um, you have your opinion about who's going to win going in. And you have your opinion about how that knockout is going to happen, or how those 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 hits are going to connect, and then you kind of you're watching for that type of stuff. You're kind of watching to see whether or not like his reach 
come into play if he's he's keeping him at bay if Mike Tyson is getting in closer because he you know obviously he doesn't have as much reach but he can't get closer and start you know penalizing him in that way so you're just looking for different things I would say and uh, yeah. this this uh, I guess the, you you appreciate the professionalism but it is not sometimes it's it's you know, a little boring to watch if you, if, if I, you guess know I, mean. me, be more, the, the mm-hmm. I guess for me it would be more how the the fight actually plays out because you know if if Mike Tyson just knocks him out first round, you know, first swing. Like that it, on its own is exciting, but I also feel like that's kind of a not fluke, but it could have just been, you know, really just a mistake. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the winner still wins; that's still valid, but mm-hmm. it's not the same as if they went, you know, seven rounds and they both tire, and then here comes a left hook that knocks out the other person. Whereas you had that build up, and so when it actually happens it can be more exciting. So I guess it just depends on the actual fight. But yeah. in sports in general, I guess like Jalen said, a closer match is more exciting because um, of that anticipation where, you know, the other team, they're doing good, but then the other team come back and they can go back and forth for a while, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. People like that, uh, Nate Robinson, no, that was, what was that, second round, I think <laughs> it was? Second round, G. <laughs> second round, I mean, I mean, I mean, to the second round, got knocked out. <laughs> That boy went to sleep, man. Sleep, he, that sleep, nightclub sleep. started kicking in. He's like, sleep, sleep, please sleep. He's probably back there sparking up with Snoop. That <laughs> <laughs> man like yeah. he tripped over his own foot. Sleep, sleep. But <laughs> with unprofessional fighters, like, yeah, he should have been holding on for dear life when he fell that first time so he can catch his breath or whatever. But Yeah. <laughs> Well, he, the way he failed, he like he knocked him away from him and not in front of him. You know how you get hit and you could stumble and like get closer. It wasn't yeah. like he wasn't he wasn't doing any of that. They were trying to literally just punch, and yeah, and that's that's the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> and I think he wasn't bobbing and weaving. He wasn't moving. Mm-hmm. His movement. He wasn't. He, he for 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 Nate Robinson to have a lot of like leg power. He wasn't losing his. He wasn't really moving. Honestly, he was he was real stagnant. Jake was moving a little bit more than he was. You could tell by him just even switching his position as he was moving around the ring. It was weird how Jake was fighting because it mm-hmm. just looked unprofessional as well. But it was still more structured in his movement than um, Nate was. I, and I ain't making no excuses. Nate just got knocked out. But it's just, the, you know, I, I, I truly believe he just wasn't ready for Jake um in regards to like training and like preparation or maybe he just got overexcited and was really trying to just knock him out in the first round and or really trying to just you know get the get it over with and you just got caught but after that first get caught he was he didn't seem the same (laughs) he definitely seemed like he was lost at that point so it was interesting i mean because they put the whole little few minute fight online so i watched that Mm mm-hmm but um, yeah, man. Shout out, shout outs to the promoters that put that together. Uh, shout out to the memes online. We appreciate y'all as usual. Y'all hilarious. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, it was it was, man, it was funny. You gonna have to uh fight Terrence for six hundred dollars, Jalen. <laughs> you up for it? Oh my god. I pay. I pay. I pay fifty dollars. See that? You the athlete. <laughs> You got the reach, man. We in two different weight classes. Huh? <laughs> we throw a belly straight on you, boy. Get off, man. You go, yeah, boy. 
I want to see that. I want to see that fight. Be holding him every time he get me in the corner. I'm holding him up like you ain't catching with none of them, bro. The ref gonna have to break us up and we gonna reset. I ain't going for none of them. Y'all seen Roy? Oh, uh, y'all ain't watched the fight now. I was gonna say Roy Jones Jr. That boy body looked like he was hurting. He was like, you know, body shots from Mike Tyson was hurting. I was, it was one punch. I was like, boy, if he'd have caught him with that boy, I'm like, he'd have been sleep. Man, I ain't watched that one. I think they put it online too, but I watch it. I watch that one. But it is just it because how many they went the entire thing, right? How many rounds was it? It was eight rounds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was interesting. Entertainment, entertaining night. Uh, but I guess the next topic that I wanted to get into, uh. What was we going? What was I talking about? I think Destiny. Or should we talk about that? Let's talk about. Let's talk about that. Uh, that Xbox, that Airbox, um, and that PS Five, man. It's some uh crazy turn of events, I would say, that recently occurred. Um, uh, Digital Foundry is getting hounded by the Sony ponies and the Xbox fanboys at this point. They can't get away. They're on Twitter. They're, they're getting hounded. I, I told them, when you get too big, you, that, <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility, because uh, they they feel they feel like they're being uh, ousted or their 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 purchase isn't being uh, what is it? What would you call validated? That? Validated out, exactly. Out at Best Buy, you know, day and night trying to get a console, and they get one, and then it's not worth it because you're not validated by other people <laughs> exactly like uh i don't need that validation i feel like they're strong counsels but apparently a lot of people do so they've been hounded and um you know they're they're they are feeling the pressure i can see it i can see it but um recently uh, let me let me tell you what we're talking about the xbox and the ps5 have been going head to head on certain uh you know uh, YouTubers, uh, sites, and like things like that, and they've been being tested to see what the performance is between the two. Uh, blatantly being like, uh, well, more, more recently being Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla was running better on the PlayStation 5. It seems as if what they did, because um, the Xbox Series X essentially they needed to lower the resolution bounds for a dynamic resolution, they had to lower that. In order for those frame pacing issues to get to get rid of those, so basically it will drop to like 48, 53 frames per second versus sticking to a lock 60 when a PS5 had no problems. So what they did was they simply broke it down and they um, brung down the dynamic resolution in order for it to when that happens, it's still locked to that 60 frames per second, but the resolution may drop a little bit lower. Um, that doesn't really help the situation because that's what the update video was that they dropped i think if you're watching you're, you're watching this that will be uh yesterday but uh we're recording it on 11 29 so it, they put it out today but basically they were saying that yes the still verification that the ps5 is for as of now still running that game better because they didn't have to lower the bounds for the ps5 version the ps5 version is still at the 1440p um, but lower bound with the higher bound being up to 4k, um, where the 
Xbox Series X was lowered to 1108 or 1180, I forget, lower resolution bound, and the highest round being, again, 4K. And that's in the performance mode. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, obviously we have to still wait and see what this actually means. Um, I do believe at, at some point the Xbox Series X is going to pull out on top. Um, and that's just simply based off of statistics and what's in the actual box. But as of now, with that information, uh, what are you what are you seeing out there with the people, Josh? And what are you thinking about it? Um, I think the a lot of people are, like I said, are looking for that validation or just whatever reason they want to argue. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think in what we was talking about before, it might just be easier or whatever to just develop for the PlayStation. So when you have companies like Ubisoft who honestly don't have a good record of making well-performing games, then mm-hmm. it's going to be clear that the PlayStation is just going to run those better because they might be more familiar with it. Um, I think with what like Digital Foundry was showing, like it obviously is not a huge issue except for like screen tearing, but you know there's a remedy for that. But they're performing well. But if you're looking at the numbers, yeah, it's gonna piss the fanboys off because the PlayStation is pulling ahead. Yeah. For me personally, out of mind, like I said, I I have a VRR um, display, so I even if it's you know 55, 58, or whatever. I don't really see or feel the drop of the screen tearing. Um, so I'm happy. Personally, I'm happy with the consoles offering uh, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. to s- smooth out your next gen experience when the games are not really there. And we might talk about that later where I feel like overall, a lot of next gen games are just not polished enough or ready to actually be considered next gen. And these consoles are kind of just like brute forcing it and, it seems like these are last gen games that they're just trying to upscale to um, run, you know, native 4K, native 60, and it's not really working out. Yeah, I feel that way too. I feel like there is a lot of stuff to be not yet recognized as of now. Um, and when we start to see those, start to see the like recognizing what what that is. I think we're again we're gonna see the t- the turn of where the Xbox Series X will be outperforming the PS5. Good thing is I have both, so I don't really care. I just want to know before I purchase. Yeah. Um, like Cyberpunk, I really want to know if the PS5 is gonna run it better because I would play it on there if it runs better. I don't care, but I don't know that yet because I don't you know see that you know. I don't. I can't. I can't go into the future and tell somebody they're not going to put it out immediately. I want to play that game day one, so I'm probably going to still buy it before they do the performance testing, and I'm going to just start playing it regardless of what console it may be, um, mm-hmm. which may whatever may run it better uh, personally. So it's whatever. I just think that um, <laughs> they got to change their marketing for now until they figure out what's going on, or at least start to get more people get more familiar with the the actual hardware it was supposed to be scalable it was supposed to be easy but obviously we can tell by the xbox series s not really hitting its mark that they're not developing properly for these devices if microsoft says that they can do 1440p up to 120 fps and they could do pretty much everything the xbox series x can do and they can be the same yet we know the power is there on paper and yet they're not hitting that most of the time kind of tells me that either they're not 
doing all the optimizations properly and they're not taking advantage of all the variable refresher uh, like the variable shading and all that stuff they're not taking advantage of all the power in the console and they're just again like you said brute forcing it yeah it's not going to run properly yeah it's not going to be optimized yeah it's not going to run as if it should um but i say give it some time it shouldn't be like this you know it shouldn't i would expect it not to be that difficult but i understand development is a in a different space as it is than it was previously and you don't have the you know interaction of being in the office with someone anymore so you probably have a different you know perspective on how that development cycle goes as of now i'm not trying to make excuses because again i am not getting into that i don't care enough all i know is <laughs> when i play it on my xbox i'm fine with the performance that i'm getting when I play Spider-Man or Demon Souls on my PS5, I'm fine with the performance I'm getting. They both have their issues. They both ganked me. I don't feel like I got ganked, but I feel like, you know, I still had to pay for this. So, yeah, I don't I don't care at this point. I just know that I'm going to tell it like it is. And if, if one is being outperformed, it's going to be that. I wouldn't want to hold my tongue on that. And I feel like that's what Digital Foundry is kind of coming up against. They got to mince their words and they have to say the right thing at this point. <laughs> because I don't understand these. Uh, I, I mean, I get it. Yeah. I get. I understand, like, the fanboy and the, 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 the craze of that and, like, why they're doing it. But I don't get attacking people that just, you know, reporting facts and actual information that you're going to get mad at them about something. It's, it's, it's just actual information. It's what their findings are. It's what they're finding. And if they're finding this, then just leave it, leave it at that versus trying to attack people because you feel like your counsel is superior or you need to validate your purchase. That's just weird to me. Yeah. I mean, it, it's easy to like kind of get like that because, I mean, even me and you have done it before where it's like, you know, I'm not buying an Xbox because it, it seemed like a waste of money and like you have your feelings why it's worth it. And it, it's okay to, like, disagree and even, you know, argue about it sometimes. But a lot of people take that further where it, now it's misinformation, where I got to put down Microsoft. I got to talk about, oh, you know, the Xbox can't run whatever yeah. game and stuff like that just because you have to have a, a leg up over somebody, which don't make no sense. Like, if you're not happy with the system, then don't, you know, get rid of it, sell it, get the other one. Or whatever but it doesn't have to be like a big big fight no um, i don't think so either i mean both are both are cool they have their advantages mm -hmm. like you know with all these patches and stuff coming out there have been a couple games that have gotten slightly better support on the xbox like call of duty getting updated um yeah. to 120 uh War Modern warfare yeah yeah so it can run well. And so, like, if you're a player of Warzone, then that's a great um, draw for you because you have the literal better version of the game, whereas on the PS5, it can probably get there as well. But if you're looking at, at things right now, it's not there. And vice versa. Like, if you're, you know, you just care about Assassin's Creed and it runs better on PlayStation, then that should be the system that you're looking for. I think, really, it just needs to be... I guess more information and that's kind of an issue with the generation in general where we didn't know about these games like how they performed until like the week the systems came out so now people are trying to like catch up and all these rumors has been going around <laughs> now they gotta actually make the fight figure out what's true or not 
Yeah, I think that's kind of getting people um, tightened. I think that they like, like you, like I said, if you're buying both, then you probably shouldn't have a problem. But you, you're going to lack performance in this. You feel like you feel like you bought one for a particular reason, and I feel like that's where it's becoming like a bigger problem because you, because the way that them, you know, Microsoft and everybody in like journalism have reported is that Xbox on paper is the stronger console, and then you have these reports of this coming out. So it's making people feel like they either are not, you know, providing the correct information or they're, they they feel like they're being um, uh, tricked or whatever. Whatever the case may be, people have strong feelings about that. And I feel like what you're getting right now, regardless of what you may think, it's better than what you had previously, and it's probably going to get significantly better over time. We're already getting 120 FPS games. It's I, I feel like they have these strong, high expectations for right now, and understanding that this is a pandemic. This is Ubisoft games. They never run well anyway. I understand the, the frustration behind it, but it's kind of like a a difference there it's just different i mean you i would only really start to uh see like the only thing i can really justify right now that I, I don't feel like is right is like how the series s isn't running gears 5 as it's supposed to be it's not running at a 1440p with this you know 60 fps is running like a nate it's like a dynamic or whatever so i could see that it's like that's a first party game it's supposed to get this series s update and it's not actually particularly running at the way you guys stated it should run, you know, so that type of stuff I can get behind. I'd be like, yeah, you guys really didn't hit the mark here. But when it comes to third parties and stuff like that, you can't guarantee that all these games are going to run great. You can, you can guarantee that they're going to hit a certain mark and they're going to try to hit this mark. But you can't really sit in the thing and, and get involved. Microsoft does a lot behind the scenes where they try to make stuff work properly on their systems, whether that's backwards compatibility, whether that's just new games being integrated into the generation. Whatever it may be, they try to, you know, bring people in and kind of make sure that that game runs properly on that system. And I think PlayStation does the same thing. So at the end of the day, if you buy either one of these right now, I don't think you're going to get a bad deal. I just think you need to lower expectations, stop being crazy online, and calm down. I think that's pretty much it. Just calm down. Y'all be tripping over, you know, two to six frames. Ain't that steep. And, um... I'm still enjoying my, my experience. So that's what I'll say about the whole differences there to me. It's just, yeah, it's overblown out of proportion. Overall though, I feel like more, um, blame, I guess should be pushed on the actual people making the games. Like, cause the, our next topic that we want to talk that I wanted to talk about at least was, um, like this next these next gen games and these next gen patches that they're like working on or promising for these games, because like Cyberpunk, you know, I'm buy it when it comes out. I'm mm -hmm. sure I'm enjoy it, but it's not gonna have the quote unquote next gen features. So the things you're looking for, like ray tracing or higher frame rates or higher resolution, those things are not gonna be coming until sometime next year. Right. Obviously, I know they're still working on the game, but. They sh there should have been a bigger, I, I guess, why why are, aren't they targeting that as their goal, you know, right now? And the same thing with a lot of companies, because, like, 
Watch Dogs, for example, that came out in October. And they were saying, um, you know, it'll be ready for next gen and we'll have our multiplayer coming out in December. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, cool. Like, I'm, everything's not ready day one, but y'all working on it. But now they're having so many issues with the game's performance that they've delayed the multiplayer until next year. And they're still trying to fix simple stuff like people's saves getting deleted. It was like, <laughs> y'all wasn't ready for this generation at all. It, this seemed like this should have came out next year, but y'all had to come out this year. <laughs> yeah. And it's a lot of games that are just not ready. Like I was looking at um, Control, mm-hmm. their next gen uh, update is promised, but it doesn't come out till next year. But you can buy it right now. Yeah. So it, it just don't seem like I know the consoles, like, they needed to make sure that they came out this year. Mm-hmm. But honestly, they probably could have needed a few more months, especially if the pandemic hurt them that much, then they should wait it. Yeah, I think, I think, I, I wouldn't want to say delay the Series X in the PS5. But yeah, it does feel like we're waiting for the stuff to, you know, make this stuff feel next generation. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, at least they had an understanding of what they wanted to do, like the ray tracing shadows in Cold War. They seem really good, at least add a, a new effect to the game, but it's not like bounds and leaps above, you know, how mm-hmm. Modern Warfare looked compared to World War II. Modern Warfare into World War, from World War II seemed like the bigger leap in performance and like experience because it had so many more animations it seemed more real it seemed like they used a lot of new technology to to get that to look that way on those systems this doesn't look like that it just looks like they used some of the foundation and they kind of added the you know the ray tracing shadows in the game and that was pretty Mm -hmm. much it um still a great game it still looks good and i i enjoyed the multiplayer a lot but it's um it's not like it was leaps and the bounds ahead so i feel like you know ex- you know actually pr- put providing proper expectations i think people are starting to buy into this whole um thing about next generation and that they have to and that, that and I, I guess the developers are too they're trying to push to make sure that their games look good on there as well which is what you always want to do because you want to be ahead of the curve but i feel like a lot of this stuff just seems to be um strange and i feel like the playstation is kind of doing it and like i'm not going to talk about it we're just going to do it when we can like ghost of Tsushima getting the 60 fps god Mm -hmm. of war getting that thing they're not promising any updates really they're not promising an uncharted update they're not promising you know last of us part two update they're not promising anything all they're saying is that they're going to do what they can and right now they're working on the games they got and it's they get that you know they get that less of heat. They nobody care really. And um, mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's what some of these studios probably should do at this point. I think like when Destiny did it, they they probably not going to you know over deliver, but they're going to deliver what we, what they said they were going to do, and that's going to come in a week, December eighth. They're going to have 120 FPS. They're going to have a field of view slider. They're going to have the ability to, you know, I mean, run at 4K 120. So that's pretty much the most important thing. So and run 4K 60 in the campaign. So that's that's pretty much what they're offering. And that's what they're going to do. And they're going to be able to deliver it in a certain time frame versus these other companies. They, they I mean, Watch Dogs is a pretty big game. A lot of people have that game and all these games that they're like 
Assassin's Creed, and um, I know that CD Projekt Red did their The Witcher 3 one, but they're just promising that's free, they're not putting no time date on it or anything, it's probably gonna come after Cyberpunk, so I mean, it's starting to get a little muddied, I would say. It, I think <laughs> I think we should just wait for the games that actually are going to, you know, take advantage of everything and just leave it at that for for when we really start to judge how the performance is. Because right now it just seems as if people are just trying to rush out the gate to get something out, especially Ubisoft. I feel like they're doing yeah. it the most. They're doing it with Rainbow Six, and I, hopefully that's going to be a good implementation and people actually enjoy it and it feels good. Um, but I mean, they have so many studios and they have so many games out right now that they're pushing. They're coming out with the Immortals, Phoenix Rising. They just have so much stuff that they're doing. And I feel like it's, it's starting to show that, um, y'all ain't got to either they have enough people or they don't have enough, you know, people with, with the ability to really do stuff properly and well at this point. Quality control. Yeah. That quality control is probably the worst. So, yeah, man, I just, I I don't I, I enjoy one thing and one thing only about next generation. Well, two things. I say load times and 120 FPS. Really? I haven't really um well, 120 FPS and like higher frame rates is really what's the most important to me. Fidelity I haven't really thought about yet because honestly, the most graphically impressive game that I've played still has to go to Demon Souls. Demon Souls is not really that intensive where it's so much stuff going on. It's a slow pace, you know, go at your own pace type of game. It's not really that, you know, where you're you're doing so much at the same time. It's just it's just Demon Souls. So I don't I don't really have anything that I feel like I was just blown away by yet. Uh, Demon Souls is a definitely a pretty you know nice looking game, but you have to be in the mood to play that type of game and even get to the areas that's where it's really nice at. So I don't know. I think I, I think I'm having a good time with the games because of the games in itself mm-hmm. and like the speeds of this load times now versus just like them being able to be played on the Xbox Series X and the PS5. I think the, they're there. They are, you know, driving that boat for me right now, but it's not like I couldn't have the same experience I, I wouldn't be able to have the same experience the way i'm having it i guess and i don't feel like people are you know setting proper expectations for it right now i think they're over yeah it. and it's so i kind of want to see in a couple months you know maybe when god of war or something comes out what uh actual like next gen games look like and not cross gen yeah because like spider-man on the PS5 looks really good and it has features that are not available on PS4. Mm-hmm. But it still runs on PS4 and it still looks good on the PS4. Yeah. Um, Demon Souls is exclusive, but I'm pretty sure they could have got that good. game running just fine on the PS4. Yep. Um, so I want to see when you actually have these next-gen games that are built from the ground up, like God of War with zero to no loading time and blah, blah, blah. What what is it actually gonna look like, and is it gonna give you that experience that you're looking for? Like, can God of War still do 60, you know, ray tracing, blah blah blah, or do they have to make certain, you know, concessions? Yeah, or you know, offer a bunch of different modes. I mean, if they offer different modes, and that that's fine, but mm-hmm. I, I want to see what approach they take for it. Yeah, I think so. I think it's um, 
think it's important. I think it's, I think, I think it's important for people to really realize that and kind of put set the proper expectations around that, because uh, again, it's just it's just people getting it's it's getting overblown. I think, in my opinion, it's the truth. Yes, PlayStation Five is currently outperforming the Xbox. That is the truth. I won't I won't put that away. I just want to, you know, set proper expectations. As of now, these things have just come out. These are cross generation games. These aren't just exclusive to those consoles. And you're seeing that type of stuff. Uh, let's wait for something that's not cross gen. Let's wait for that, you know, the the real, you know, strong heavy hitters to come out, and let's see where it goes from there. There's there's plenty of times where both of them are ahead in certain places, but yes, on you know on the norm, it has been PS5. But we'll see. We we will um, see. But before we run out of time, um, I did want to also uh, talk about that Death Dog. Uh, Destiny 2 Beyond Light. I had some strong feelings about this game when I first played that campaign. I finished the campaign and I pretty much turned it off for a day or two. And I went back to it after that. And um, let's break it up. Let's talk about the campaign first. What do you think about the campaign, Josh? Um... The campaign, you know, from from when you start with that first cutscene until you finish it or whatever and you get um, the weapon that they give you if you pre-order, uh, it was okay. Like, I, it wasn't better than, like, Forsaken, but it wasn't their worst. But I think that for a lot of a long time they've been promising, like, they're going to do a lot more. We're, you know, we're going to take a lot of weapons out the game and put mm-hmm. old content in and take stuff out. So that we can start fresh at a good point. And I think for that promise, it didn't seem like it was worth these promises. It seemed like they were just kind of keeping that same pace mm-hmm. that they've done in the past with like mediocre DLC and, you know, things like that. Um, you, you said some good things about it afterwards, but that, that core experience before the raid was pretty lackluster. I mean, some stuff was fun, like I like the new abilities, but I didn't feel like it was fully fleshed out, and there was nothing really interesting to do with it because you're just on the similar open world that you've seen before. Yeah, I uh, 100% agree. I felt like it was boring and lackluster, people. I felt like I was going through the motions like I was in Forsaken, and then you hit Dreamin' City. So it was the same thing with forsaken that i felt with beyond light i felt like Europa was boring and uninteresting because i was literally going through the campaign that made the game feel boring and uninteresting and once i got my powers and they kept disabling stuff and they kept saying well we can't take bring trials due to a recent bug we found in stasis or whatever it may be seemed like it was half-baked Seem like as if they weren't actually doing the right thing or they weren't actually making doing the quality control that they should be doing to make sure that this stuff worked properly. So, yes, my first initial thought after beating the campaign on one character and then I played like the campaign through on my warlock, I was like, this is just boring. But then I started doing the stuff after the campaign in order to get the additional powers 
And that's where the story started to make more sense to me. And it started to explore the stuff that I was actually interested in, like the Bray family in general. The Bray family has always been an interesting, like, it just seemed interesting from the Mars campaign from when they actually did the, um, I forget what the name of that campaign was or whatever it was called. But when they first uh, introduced us to Anna, I felt like she was, is that her name? Anna Bray? Yeah. Um, when they first introduced her, she seemed like an interesting character. It just didn't do much with the story. She was talking to Rasputin. She was being weird. But then they kind of brought everything back and they kind of started talking about her granddaddy, which is crazy. But I ain't going to do no spoilers. But I feel like a lot of the lore that they were hiding behind books and cards, they started to bring it to, you know, the forefront of the story. Obviously, with the Europa and the lady, she was brand new. But I really liked the when they start to flesh out old characters and characters that we've been hinted at for a long time. We were never hinted hinted at this woman. Period. I I like Varys more than I liked her. I was just like I want to see what Varys been up to. Maybe he gonna bring the prison of elders back. Maybe he got something else to go on. Maybe he doing something that's actually important. But it just seemed like he was just hiding out, trying not to let this lady do something. And I didn't have no cares about her at all. Or any of the other big bads that they ever bring out a new rollout of campaign with. So, I actually had to play the additional stuff. And that's where the game like really started to turn for me. And it started to seem more fun. It started to seem more interesting. I was actually literally just playing it for story. I have never played Destiny for story. Because Destiny don't have one story. It just has cutscenes that you watch. And I don't want to sound like I'm underselling it <laughs> because people feel like they have a story. I just felt like it was always good writing behind a presentation that wasn't up to par. So the presentation wasn't great, but the story behind the presentation was good. And I feel like that they were tying that in in these in these campaign moments or at least the after campaign moments where they were talking about their family and they were talking about you know, the drifter, and it, it just seemed way more interesting than the middle of, or at least the beginning of what we were seeing. Then I played the raid, and the raid was awesome, and they have actual weapons that are interesting. They have weapons that are worth going after, uh, raid weapons that are worth playing for. So I was playing Destiny a lot, and it, it really just started with them bringing a sound story to the game, or at least not bringing a sound story because it's it's not really the story. It's about fleshing out a character and making them seem way more interesting than it could be on just paper. So, and that's what they kind of did after you had to go through all the crap. Um, so, no, I don't care about whatever her name was because I don't even remember it now. I just I heard them talk about it multiple times. The threat of the darkness did not seem to be such a big deal. We was able to hone it and run around with it and, you know, throw ice balls at each other now because it's just that easy. Um, there was no plight that we had to go through. It just seemed easy to contain and wield the darkness. And this is something that they've been hitting at for a very long time. So this payoff sucked in my opinion it really sucked but i like 
the other people in the game. <laughs> I like the other NPCs in the game. So when they have a story and they start talking and they start fleshing out their story, like the Exo Stranger, it starts to make sense and it starts to bring together this whole thing. Um, you're going to hear some stuff about Banshee, which is very interesting. Um, but if you, 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 you kind of been interacting with these characters for forever and now you see to see what's really happening with them. That's what's really interesting versus just giving me another big baddie that I don't care about. Um, I don't, I don't even remember the guy's name. That was the Kapal boss in the first destiny. I just don't care about him anymore. It, it's just stuff that, you know, wasn't that interesting in the beginning anyway. Um, I want to see what they do with the speaker, but he's been, I don't know if he's dead or if he just got killed. I I, I don't understand where the speaker went, but, uh, he wasn't that interesting of a character to begin with, but at least he was there in the beginning. So I'd rather see what happened to him. I, I don't think that he got killed on that ship, but if that's how they took, <laughs> that's how they did the speaker <laughs> and, uh, Kay got more, you know, he got more flowers than uh, the speaker. Then I guess that's what it is. I thought the speaker was the one that brought the light to the guardians, but I don't know. It just seemed all weird. So when they actually make a cohesive story and they start to bring together and tie things in, I have to give them their flowers for that. And when they actually start making things easier. Um, so this DLC alone has been the easiest for me to level up in. It only took me about a week and a half to actually get all my characters to 1250 the highest um, max before you start doing pinnacles and they did that in a way where it was smart they just allowed me to be able to get stuff that I needed faster they give you way more activities that you can do you don't have to play much you can just play crucible and they continue to reward you with pinnacle drops and powerful gear so it's just the easiest it has ever been to grind and me just playing for a week and a half has gotten me to level 70 on my season pass. Um, most games don't allow you to get that far. If you plan a like a season pass, if I was playing like Apex for the same amount of time, I'd probably be at like 20, 25, or 22. It wouldn't be at no 66. So it just makes it easier for me to progress through the through the game. I feel like I'm constantly being rewarded, and they have tweaked it enough where. I don't have the bounty farm anymore and they have promised that the bounties are going to be getting gone. They're going to have a different system in place later on. So I can see where they're trying to go with this. Like, like as of now, there's changes in the game that make sense. Like you can actually farm a mission to get a certain exotic and you don't have to try to wait on RNG to drop it for you. Those types of moves, those types of experiences really does shape the the destiny, you know, space for me. Because it's like they respect your time, even though some things it doesn't feel like they respect it. There's other things that they have done as of now to kind of give you a better, um, give you more satisfaction when you actually get through something. Or you put the time in and you actually get it done and then you get rewarded for that. So... Um, a lot of good, in my opinion, coming from Destiny at this point. Um, and there's more, I'm obviously going to talk about it more. But as of now, if I was going to review it, I would probably give it a... That's horrible. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed the gameplay. The story was good. 
they really changed how that worked. So I give it an 8 out of 10. I give it an 8 out of 10. But if you're playing Beyond Light and that's your first go around at a Destiny story, you're probably not satisfied if you don't play the rest of the stuff. And that's what's disappointing because the Destiny community on LFG groups sucks. I was trying to raid for at least a day and it felt like everybody wanted you to have 10 clears on the second week. People wanted you to have certain weapons on the second week of the raid being out. And I cannot stress this enough. The Destiny community, well, at least when I'm trying to get something done, sucks. I, I, I do follow a lot of Destiny content creators and they seem like enjoyable people. They seem like they're not elitist. But man, just the majority of you people out there, you, it, it's not easy to try to put, you know, try to get into a group and try to just run through something that's low. That's the most important pinnacle part of the, you know, experiences that raid. So if you are high level and you grind to that point and then you get to that point and you're trying to actually get stuff done and it's like you don't even have the time to put into that game in order for you to get something done because it feels like if you're not, you know, ready day one, it feels like you're already behind. And and that and I guess that don't sit right with me. So man, that's all competitive gaming, man. It do, I mean it's not competitive gaming though. It's like cooperative man. gaming. High PvP. high level gaming, competitive, cooperative, rough. Like that's the same. Them people on Overwatch, people are crazy. I'm like bro, what y'all working on, dude? Why you? I, I had people report me just for not doing what they told me to. That's like I hope you like getting banned. I'm like, bro, I ain't even do nothing. Like, what are you talking about? I'm just playing a game. <laughs> And, and I'm on quick play. Oh, my God. They partied up. It's just, I'm like, damn, y'all trying to get me banned because I ain't do what y'all wanted me to do? <laughs> Scratch that. It wasn't even that. They was mad because I was, I don't know what they was mad about, bro. I, I was underperforming, I guess, and the five people that all decided to report me because, I don't know, he sent me a message, hope you like getting banned. I just sent the message like, bro, what you talking about? Like, <laughs> it's just a game. Well, so, I think the toxic, toxic, the toxicness of, I guess, I, I guess I won't put it on Destiny community. I just put it on the gaming community in general. The gaming community sometimes doesn't have a, they have an elitist uh, mindset where they, they, they don't have time for, to train, or teach, or even, um, you know, understand somebody else's situation. They feel like everybody else has the same amount of time as them. So if you're not as good as them, then they, they write you off. So I don't like that type of format. And a lot of the stuff that you want to do and a lot of the ways to get higher and gear and all that stuff is tied to engaging with people and finding people that really wants to just, you know, find people that's on the same page as you. Or if if not on the same page, which you at least can understand what page you're on. If you got other stuff you got to tend to and things like that, I feel like sometimes it feels as if, it's uh, really difficult to do. Which is fine to some capacity. I understand that they don't want to waste time, but at the same time, if you run it through the raid 10 times mm-hmm. and you only can play the raid once a week or you're doing all this other type of stuff and you're this high level, how much time is you really spending in this game where you yeah. can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, you spent way more time than me playing this game. So you playing an extra 10 minutes or doing something that you like, I don't know. I ain't. I ain't want to judge somebody on their time, and I'm probably going a little bit on a tangent. But that junk, it, like you said, it's it's a little frustrating because 
they they impeded on your fun on the game because they want to be leaders and stuff. And right. They excuses to make the most of their time and stuff like that. And it's just a selfish like mentality or whatever. Um, I'm not a heavy gamer and stuff like that, so I can't really speak on it. And I get where they're coming from, but at the same time, if it's a quiet thing and you want to be a part of this community, you can do you can help this community grow by being a little bit more welcoming and not being like an elitist about it. Yeah, because when I joined my group for my last encounter for the raid, they were talking about my my stats and my loadout, and they were talking about how okay, this will be okay for you then, I guess because we, we I guess we can work with you. That's what that's what it sounded like when I was in the group. It was like I guess we can work with what you got. It was it was yeah. that type of mentality, and I felt like yeah. Y'all can have that mentality because you, I guess obviously you play it a lot and you enjoy the game. But again, understand that everybody doesn't have the same amount of time as you and everybody doesn't have the same type of dedication as you to this game. So it makes you not want to do those things, even though those are big parts of the game in itself. So really, um, it, it comes down to you enjoying that game with friends versus with with, with other people because it's it's like it's it's like that type of feeling of you know not not wanting to um i don't know it's not i i don't care about putting myself out there like that it's just more so about that feeling of 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 that um interaction yeah, it, it's like it's not necessary because at the end of the day it is just a game but i just want to enjoy what the game has to offer in a fun and you know exciting way i don't want to just do it to to just get it done i actually want to enjoy it while i'm doing it so that's the difference for me i guess when people just want to people want to just get it done and get it over with so they can just take the rewards or whatever i kind of want to experience it and enjoy it in a way that i can set up i can have a memory of what this happened versus you know okay you got to be this good to get in my team and we're gonna get it done in 10 minutes but then at that y'all at the end of the day we go and we leave and bye-bye i'm not trying to make no friends either i'm just trying to have a good time while I'm doing it and not feel You're so. You're trying to bask in a level like, yeah. like they made it for you. Exactly. Yeah. But it's it's not possible sometimes. And that's that's what really annoys me about um, communities and stuff like that. Because, it, again, it feels as if if you are a Destiny solo player, you really are missing out on a lot of stuff. And the, and the raid this time around is very easy um, in regards to, like, mechanic-wise. It's just, but and you have to have a lot of teamwork, but um, it's very easy to understand and get. So, I don't see the the, the big appeal of trying to get people to um, have certain things or have a certain loadout because, yeah, it makes it easier, but you can still get it done without it. And that's what kind of yeah. that's what kind of boils down to for me. It's just the the whole we can't do it because of this. You can obviously provide suggestions and stuff like that, but to to go to the, to the extra step of trying to critique people because they don't have certain things or it, it because you're kicking them because they don't have certain things that's where it becomes you know that toxic nature in my opinion i think with all games there's always going to be some groups of communities that are toxic and i think just the design of the game there there are ways that can make it worse for example because like Overwatch, like it's it's a good example of a game that you don't have to be that toxic. Um, and in like a multiplayer games, like back in the day, like Call of Duty, you would expect the most toxic people to be on the other team. But that type of game, just because 
how much teamwork is relied on and how you can easily communicate with your teammates, people just get crazy for no reason, like mad at me because I'm the only healer, but I'm not healing you as much as you want me to. And it's like, I'm trying to play the game, trying to do good, but I'm not at what you expect. Therefore, you're mad at me. Yeah. And in general, uh, with a lot of games, people are they're okay with someone being better than them, but they're not okay with someone not being as good as them. And whereas when you play with friends, like it doesn't matter. Like we play the game together, and if I'm not good at something or good at a game, y'all might not uh, have the easiest time. But I'm your friend, so you're gonna stick through it, and we're gonna try to beat it together. Or I might be a lower light level, so we you're gonna try to beat it with me still. Uh, whereas strangers, obviously, they're not going to do that. But there are mm. still ways that you can encourage it. Like, the number one thing that stops Destiny with a lot of that content is you have to do LFGs, and you have to go to the forums and invite people, in which, honestly, I know that it's controversial, but I don't really think it should be because other games do it. It's just have matchmaking for the raid. Like, have your minimal light level, as the matchmaking requirement and then you just go in because that's what other mmos do like final fantasy 14 they have those toxic people that you have to know everything perfectly mm -hmm. and blah 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 but at the same time as long as everybody can get in there and do it y'all y'all ran randomly matched up and so y'all just work together because you're already there you don't have to worry about finding you know, all these extra communities and i think when Destiny finally gets around to fixing that stuff and it becomes easier, you'll have more people playing it and getting used to it and learning it because they have the opportunity to just jump in and try it out. Maybe you might not finish it your, mm -hmm. the first week. You might have to, you know, try a couple times and come back and then finally you can finish it on your third time. But as long as they're able to design the game where people can give it a try, it's not as much, as much stakes. Um, the stakes aren't as high because you don't have to invest all this extra time into trying to at least play it. Yeah. Same thing with trials. Like if more people just jump in, be part of with three in trials, like, yeah, it's going to be more people that suck and more people losing, but it's more people going to be able to play the game and enjoy it. Right. They can do the same thing they do with what's the name. They can have trials of Osiris where they have the three people just join in and then they can have like, you know, like survival comp where they have like, solo and then they have group mm -hmm. play they can have two buttons where one with solo play where you you go in where everybody knows that every person on each team is random and you can play the game that's it and then they can have the one where you have it where it's matchmaking for three and that's where you you play with the groups and that's it you know i don't feel like they need to have it where it's no longer matchmaking especially for trials because that is a dying portion yeah. of the game anyway um and i really enjoy competitive gameplay like comp and i enjoy survival comp and i'm really you know good at it even when i don't have when i have randoms on my team i'm still good at it so i just don't um get why they don't allow that you know i mean i can go into a group and try to you know play through trials but i don't really I don't feel like it's necessary at that point because I don't need to play trials to get to anything I really want in that game anyway. Um, and hopefully the adaptive, like, again, they have to start creating rewards that are worth it. 
And that's what they did with the um, raid because it was tempting enough for me to try to go in there and actually play it. So I never played a raid just because of that toxic, you know, situations and stuff like that. And the conversation that's be, that be had in those raids and people not doing good. So they, they just, you know, raid quit. I've during my little that little run, it was like five hours. I have three people rage quit in the groups. I stuck out through the entire time because I was one person that had patience and willing to just wait for a good team to kind of go through it. But I had multiple people drop out. It was kind of like, yeah, these groups that you put us in and that we create on our own are still random. They're not people that we know. So exactly. why does it matter when we do the matchmaking in, in the game? Because it's still people we don't know. And we only can go off of stats. And that creates an elitist platform for people to say, oh, he don't have this. He don't got this equipped right now. And I'm looking at his guardian, so I'm not going to invite him. So it doesn't help your community anyway. So it, it's, it's just stupid, in my opinion. It's very stupid. Um, and I don't feel like their, their, their understanding of how LFG works is really the reality. Like, I think that they should start to go in there and try to get their stuff done with nothing but LFG and to really get the experience that the normal person gets. Because it's not, yeah. it's not as if it's all easy going and it's just perfect situation. It's not even a, it's not a perfect solution, nor is even a, a great alternative. I rather just wait till some friends get ready to play that game and then jump in and go again versus just yeah. then actually. And doing nowadays. It. Like when Destiny One came out, you know, you look online and your whole friends was playing Destiny. Like nowadays, you know, it's not gonna be that. Even the people that play Destiny regular mm-hmm. are not gonna be on there all the time, all day, just like if you are. So everybody don't have the experience where you can just get six people hop in the raid. Like I don't even know six people that own <laughs> Destiny to or are high enough level to be ready to play the raid. <laughs> No, I don't. I, I know people that played Destiny, but they're not like that type of dedication or want to do that. Or even like, you know, they're they're just, you know, uh, I, I guess they're more casual than I am. So I feel like there should be solutions in place. LFG is not the best solution to me. Um, and yeah. it's not something that I feel like is um, a conductive of like a, a healthy, a, uh, a healthy type of experience. And, and it's an experience. I'm not going to say all is bad because you can always find good people on there and you can just have a good time. It was two people that I was playing with the other day that I actually sent friend requests because they actually were, seemed like they were just were trying to do the same stuff. I, it was on the same page as I was. It wasn't on the page of we have to get this done. We, we need to make sure we get this right or we don't do it. It was like we were all just kind of rooting for each other in our own little 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 pocket of the group that was it yeah so i felt like yeah i will be more interested in playing with these people again but not the others so it's simple that i mean that that you can do that but again it's still the same i can do that inside the game if i feel like i i enjoy these people's conversation or i talk to these people and they seem like genuinely interesting people and i wanted to actually you know continue to play with them on a later time not saying become best friends i'm just saying to have people that you can start, okay, they on the same page as me. They play it a lot. They enjoy the game. Maybe we can party up at a later time to do a nightfall or something. That's simple. Yeah. I just don't feel like it's 
it's it's um like you have to do that outside of the game you can do that in the game and still have that type of experience so um i don't like think they're with saving destiny, people from something uh, like you said with destiny's respecting your time they mm -hmm. also don't have to i don't know how to phrase it but like respect the community or the community's time yeah because again like i said with 14 the one thing i wish destiny had in general is 14 has a daily um queue that you can just jump in and it can be like a daily raid queue or daily strike queue but basically you jump in there and they'll randomly put you with anybody who needs you know an extra person so that they can complete it so if it's a raid and they got seven people and you'll be the eighth person it'll put you in there but if you're someone who's has a high enough skill or ranking whatever you can become like a mentor to the point where if you if that's what you want to do just only play the raid and you randomly jump in people's raids and just help them beat it because you have that experience you get rewarded for it in the game whereas oh. destiny like yeah they have people who beat it like let's say you you beat the raid and you want to jump in the queue and you just be uh, partied up with people who haven't beat the raid and so you'll get extra incentives you know powerful gear or whatever they want to give you just for being that person that goes in to help the other people so the matchmaking can literally improve the community as long as you put the system there but as long as, if you leave it how it is then people who have that experience like they play it once it's too stressful they don't want to make another group and so they just drop off and it's just not conducive of a good community yeah they have that guided games beta thing um which but it's a beta and that's something that they, they're not oh, yeah. they're not yeah. working on <laughs> i mean working on it but that it hasn't been like pushed like this should be you know the new thing that they're pushing to make it better I don't think people engage with it because the matchmaking isn't inside the raid. I mean, inside the game. So if if it yeah. was, if the matchmaking was inside the game and it, and it takes forever, for so like their funnel of pool of people, they're being siphoned off elsewhere. So the guided games, like people are just doing that for their communities that that watch them, like Twitch streamers or clans or whatever. Sometimes they have their things where they say, "Yeah, we're gonna have help people come through," and then you, they just use their community their community base to pull people from versus you know going through the regular you know old you know matchmaking performance or whatever so those types of things they're happening but they're happening on that scale there's 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 people that they're you know are taking the time out there day to kind of walk people through that's only one person we need that we need that pool of people those clans that are going willing willing to do that on a day-to-day and it has to be more beneficial than waiting 25 minutes to get queued in with someone. And that's only on the older raid, not the new raid. So it's kind of like, yeah, you're doing this, but you're doing it in a half-baked half way. So yeah. I think once they figure that out, I think a lot of people will be able to enjoy the game a lot more than what it is now. I think if you're a solo player, again, you're getting locked out of a lot of things. You can try LFG, and I don't, I'm not saying that every time it's a bad experience. I'm just talking about the experiences I had. And most of the time, it's not a fun or happy experience. Yes, you beat the game and you beat the thing, but it's not something that you remember, nor do you care about the people that you're playing with because it doesn't feel that type of experience. It feels like it's intense and you have to be on your P's and Q's because if you mess up, you feel like you're going to ruin the day for the four other five people that's talking. So it's just it's just a weird space to be in. It's not It doesn't seem like a, a friendly space, but... 
I'm not finna harp on it for too long because again, I still enjoyed my time in Destiny. I still enjoyed the Destiny 2 experience for the Beyond Light, and I had fun. Um, I really did. I'm really uh, itching to get back into because even after all of that, I'm itching to get back into the raid. I want to play it again. I want to. You can farm weapons now. There's nothing that you don't. Is there so many things that they improved upon to make it easier for you to get what you want and get out? So, and that's what really made me happy is that I was able to stop doing the stuff I didn't want to do immediately almost after a certain period of time and just start doing the stuff I wanted to do. And um, that really changed my perspective of the game because before, again, you had to do a lot of stuff you just didn't want to do. And yes, that was some of that stuff was still there because you, you're pushing your light level. You have to do everything to kind of get the tickets off and get your light level up. But once I'm there, I can pick and choose what I want to do. And if I find enjoyment in doing this and building loadouts or something like that, I can do that. I can hunt exotics. I can just hunt exotics all day. And I don't have to do anything else. And that's something that they empower me to do by allowing it to be farmable. So whatever it may be, I, I'm enjoying it for that. Um, so, I, yeah, like I said, I give it an 8 out of 10, people. I think it was a good expansion. Um, and I think if you can, you know, stomach the LFG group, I think the crypt, um, I think the crypt raid is a really good raid. It's one of their better raids they didn't had in a while. Which, yeah, um, but that's, yeah, that's, it's, it's almost wrapping up time. Y'all got anything else y'all want to say before? talked a lot today but yeah i knew i was gonna talk a lot because it was only about destiny 2 and the playstation uh, i ain't got nothing to say yeah. man you you online right now ordering destiny you about to hop back in <laughs> man i was playing crash bandicoot four <laughs> oh yeah you said you been by that yeah <laughs> you're slipping off some ice having fun I think Whoa. he got like I think he got like four different woes but they all just they all end in uh, embarrassment you know, like starting mm -hmm. over hey, bro nah. boy you slip on a banana peel every five seconds nah, I, I, think, I think they tighten up the controls in Crash Bandicoot 4 though right they gave you like the little bubble that you can see where you landing before you land on it yeah they actually did but i thought that's pretty interesting yeah maybe i thought easy. it'd make it hard but i was like nah yeah. or not make it hard make it easy but it didn't make it easier nah. i mean it's like one of them things like you probably you're not paying attention to it maybe I mean, it's just one of them things, like, with the 3D levels and stuff like that, you don't want to be dying off. That, that's not something you'll want to die off of, like, because you can't tell, like, depth perception where you at above a box or something, unless they're going to put, like, a... Oh, yeah, yeah. Because the levels in this game, so far, they, they definitely harder, so... Gotcha. I, I played one level, I died, like, 20 times, and I just started, so... <laughs> I'm probably just bad, too, though, so... Yeah. Yeah. Got to retrain those thumbs, man. That mem that memory, uh, muscle memory coming got kick in. Once that muscle memory kick in, you be straight. Yeah, all that Overwatch. 
too much Overwatch, too much ass. You gotta try to, because uh, she ain't got no aim assist. <laughs> nah, it's aim assist in that game. Sometimes it be messing me up on noticing. Oh, it, it do got aim assist? Yeah, it, it ain't that, like, strong like it is on, like, Call of Duty, but mm-hmm. you can't get messed up with aim assist. That had it happen to me today. Somebody ran past me and dragged my cursor. They said, call it, it said, they said, uh, I, I think I saw some, like, TikTok or whatever. They were talking about Call of Duty is the easiest shooter to get good at. And then there was, like, it was something else after that. I feel like I played pretty, um, I don't know. I don't know about shooters and stuff like that. And, like, um, I'm trying to think. What shooters are really difficult to get good at? I don't think there's really that many. I think Titanfall. I'm... Yeah, the ones that say... got extra movement, but all the other ones are pretty Simple. easy. Yeah, I think Titanfall Two was definitely <laughs> after I after I left for a while and came back. Boy, I'm getting busted. I was I was I was so embarrassed because this dude was just jumping around and I couldn't catch him, and he turned around and turned the tables on me, something stupid nasty, and I was just like. Yeah, I gotta get. <laughs> I said, let me get my Titan G. I just got my Titan. I still got blew up. Mm-hmm. I was like, bro, this is this is rough. It wasn't that rough before, but obviously, if they're playing it now, they they some they some fans. So yeah, um, like that. That's how I feel with Destiny. I just go back in and I can still, you know, I can still grab a quick forty piece easy, and I'm just like. Why is it so difficult for people to play this game? I don't feel like it's difficult because I've been playing it so long, but it's more than likely just because I'm just so used to it at this point. So um, Call of Duty is is definitely um, easier to get into and start really winning, but I feel like Call of Duty is for a particular player. It ain't. It's not. It's not that I'm not having fun in it. It's just for a particular player that I don't find too much skill in um, or to even have a um, a difficult time, I guess. I feel like as long as you're camping and you're under your, 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 your ability to know where your surroundings are, you're fine. I don't feel like there's much else to it. Uh, like in Destiny, everybody knows where everybody's at. So most of the time you're sitting around trying to outplay the next person because you know where they are. It's now how you're gonna make how you're gonna beat them before they beat you. Call of Duty, you sometimes you just don't know where people are, and that's all. You can get shot around a corner, and that's easy. <laughs> you know, it's it, it it. I guess do y'all feel that way, or do you feel like? Boy, say you get shot around a corner. Do you feel like? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Call of Duty is not. I don't feel like it's. It's competitive, but it's not competitive where you're going one on one with somebody like. Mm-hmm. You you come around a corner, you know, you get your shots out. Maybe you killed them, maybe they kill you, and that's it. Like you're not gonna see that person, you know, for a couple of seconds. And it's really just running around trying to kill as many people as you can. Whereas like Destiny, there's more chances that there's gonna be one Titan or something that is gonna be the person that I'm trying to kill for a while, and they get away from mm-hmm. your shootout, and then they come around another corner and y'all try it again. Where you might re-engage that same person multiple times in one life whereas call of duty like somebody's gonna die like it's not usually usually that that person's gonna get away uh yeah unless they you know run around the corner and wait for you (laughs) yeah that's what i think too i think it's um and then i think 
I don't find Overwatch to be hard, but I find Overwatch to be hard to be exceptionally skilled at. Overwatch isn't hard to pick up and move around in. And I feel like I can get kills and I can I can get up to like 30 eliminations easy. And I don't have to put too much effort into it as long as I'm helping the team and I'm just working with you guys or something like that. Um, Overwatch seems as if it's more in strategy than anything uh, to get more skillful at it. Whereas it's like brunt, like, you know, it, you can play a game constantly and still be okay, but you're not going to exceed at it until you really start to understand a lot of the strategic stuff behind the game. Um, and that's how I feel about Overwatch. I feel Overwatch has a lot to learn and you have a lot to be able to finesse what you know, because it's easier to just say, okay, may, may just, um, I think that's her name, may, I don't know her name. The one that uh, freezes people. Um, she right. she can freeze people. She got the shock ice and she got the big ball thing that she can pull up. And then she can freeze everybody and thing. But play against a good... Um, is it May? What is her name? May. Oh. Well, if you play against a good May and you really get to see how they really are performing, it's like a difference. So, I don't know. It's, it's It seems like that game has more of a level of 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 a skill to to kind of overcome because yes if i'm used to shooters i can be baseline good but then there's this this level of people that can go crazy with a junk rat you never seen this junk rat do this before you never seen him fly in the sky and be like some bomber man and just come down on you and just you seem like you just can't get away from him because he's so fast with this person i feel like that game like overwatch can do that destiny can do that and i don't think call of duty can do that i think call of duty is just it's it's at face value what it is what it is you kind of you have a you have a gun you can weaponize it how you want but at the end of the day you just gotta need another goo with a gun versus those games have a little more strategy to them and how they play, and whether or not you can be good with a Titan or a Hunter or a Warlock, and it kind of that all that stuff comes into play there. So yeah, the kill time too. Uh, it ain't enough strategy and uh, short kill time. Game. It's not enough cooperative gameplay. It's not enough kill time, and it's not enough uh, like um. I guess like depth to the game. I mean, you can do little things like, oh, if you want to put like a C4 here, or, you know, like the way you want to put a claymore to the angle you want to put it at the door, like you can do little things like that, but it's just like laser tag. So you don't, it's not a lot of little maneuvers and tricks you can do because everything you can do is within the class and you're limited to the, um, I know it's dated, like Black Ops 2, for example. I know some games, I don't know, they change their class system all the time, but you limit it to little 10 things that you can put in your class or without sacrificing other stuff. I think... Oh, the pick 10. Uh, modern... Yeah, I think Modern Warfare has something similar to it. Um, I don't remember exactly, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, you I can mean, pick it's a just, certain it's just not a lot you can do. And stuff, yeah. And they have, like, yeah. points that kind of go into it, but it's not really points. It's kind of like just... Um, you can add different things like with a slides. wild card system. It's like a wild card system too, but really yeah. it's just your attachments. You get five to the gun, then you get certain you certain things with like Simex, uh, Simtex stuff like that. But you can't add more to 
your gun if you take away a grenade or something. It doesn't give you another attachment slot. So it's not like yeah, you pick yeah, 10, so kind of, but it's kind of like you can pick five, you can add wild cards, and you can still pick what you need because they want you to always still have, like, I feel like that was the smarter move is like to always have somebody either have a grenade or something. They don't just, if, once you get rid of it, it's no, it's no benefit to you to get rid of it because it like everybody just running around with nothing but a, 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 a notched out, you know, weapon running through people because they got like fast grip and all this stuff, but it just gives everybody like a more level playing field of grenades, stuff like that. So you can always be aware of it. I think that helps keep it, you know, similar and more competitive, but at the end of the day, it's just Call of Duty. Um, but yeah, not I think, knowing maps and stuff like that, and knowing what the corners and what old hot spots and stuff like that. I mean, you can argue that, but at the same time, that's not the same thing as being like. Um, I mean, you can argue that's like being good at the game and stuff like that, but I mean, it's just kind of familiarity and stuff like that versus Overwatch, like. You better learn how to shoot maze icicles and get those headshots or know when to use it or if you're going to use Zarya special and then use Sigma special together. Like, stuff like that. Like, if you're going to... Yeah. Like, it's... You can... People... they It's a reason they let you know if your super is charged so people can work together and use your supers, like, optimally versus, well, I'm finna use my super by itself and then somebody else who's there is when y'all can get a team kill if y'all just work together and use y'all supers and that can get you a whole bunch more time if y'all trying to capture a point. Yeah. No, that's true. I think it's, um, yeah, I think it's just, I think it's just that, 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 str that strategy that makes it more interesting and more fun for me, I guess. So I gravitate towards those games, but I really are. I really am enjoying the simplistic approach of Call of War right now. It just feels fun to play because it's just it's simpler, I guess. Um, and I don't have to really depend on teammates that much uh, versus Apex Legends, Overwatch, Destiny. Sometimes, man, what you Destiny... trying to say? You hear that, Josh? <laughs> I don't play Apex, Apex with y'all, just y'all. Yeah, nah, granted, we cool. don't do that well, but I still have fun because it's just y'all, and I'm not, you know, in nah. that space at that point. Nah. Every time I be in that space with y'all, if I'm like, like, come on, we need to do better than this, and that was with trials, but we stopped, so it don't matter at this point. I'm done with it. Josh, uh, you hear that, man? I, I'm telling you, I don't care about trial performance in Apex. Neither, man, do y'all care about my performance cool. in Overwatch? Because I don't. I don't care like about my performance in Apex. So I'm glad you don't care about my performance. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> y'all don't care about my performance in Overwatch. So I don't. Yeah. I don't expect to be cared about my performance. Nah, I care about your. I'll be ready to kick you on Overwatch. I'm like, <laughs> sorry, man. I just man. He's like, it's nah, high. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, you just wasted your super, man. You know it's gonna take you three minutes and twenty-seven seconds to get that back and they can capture the zone. Nah, I just nah, yeah, I don't need to be on that, dude. I play one character on Overwatch. I know I'd be like, I mean, if nobody healer, healer man. I mean, sometimes it'd be coming out of me. I'm like, y'all gotta stand on the halo. Y'all don't be standing on it. Like, all right, whatever. <laughs> that's that's exactly the extent of it. I don't care. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I'm just talking about more so, you know, when I'm in that mood and I don't want to be, I don't want to lose because 
I'm just getting shot from behind or nobody's saying that this person is there or whatever. So I don't really care or whatever. Cold War. Cold War is easy. Um, But yeah, man. I mean, that's... Oh, we way over time. But that's pretty much it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to thank you guys for listening. Um, and again, this is going to be something that we're going to be... Again, every two weeks we put these out. Um, this is going to be on my YouTube channel from here and from now on. Um, uh, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. As usual, this is the House of Wolves podcast. I'm going to talk to you guys in the next one. Any last words, people? Um, no. I mean, <laughs> Don't how, go to sleep. How, uh, all this console war stuff, but other than that, Really don't good. don't end up like Nate Robinson. That's all I'm gonna say. I ain't gonna say you it no more. Don't get slept uh, <laughs> outside of Best Buy trying to get a PS5. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right.